1: The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzian. Welcome in another edition of Green and Growing. See Sparky Pfeiffer, my guy, Nathan Marzian, ready to get out and party it up hard and heavy on New Year's Eve. Ladies, he's on the prowl. He's looking for the love of his life, the future, the one he's going to have babies with later in life. He's looking for you. Is that.
0: Is that- uh, I got a girlfriend now. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: The rest of the podcast, I would have deleted. We would have just talked to his new girlfriend. That would have been it. Folks, there would have been no Bucks talk tonight. No. You all gave me a heart attack. All right, so <laughs> single and available, uh, Marzian out and about. I'm sure. So, what's the plans for New Year's Eve? Before we get into uh, some Bucks basketball talk, Water Street or uh, bigger and better plans?
0: Yeah, probably Water Street. Um, the Packer game kind of complicates things because that's at seven, and then. Yep. By the time that ends, it's kind of too late to start going out because the places is going to be packed. So we're going to kind of have to probably – we're going to try to watch like the first quarter pregame, watch the first quarter, and then go out after that and watch the last few quarters at the bar. Um, but, yeah, it should be fun.
1: Back in the day, um, it's not this way anymore, apparently, but back in the day, I used to host the Packer parties at Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We'd pack that sucker, man, and I'd be doing trivia in breaks and we'd be giving away prizes and had drinking game, shot games and all kinds of stuff, fun stuff going on. Uh, that lasted a year. Then they got rid of me. I stopped in there a couple of weeks ago and there was nobody. It was a Friday night. There was not one customer in the bar at like eight o'clock at night. And so I was talking to this guy at the host stand. I was like, so uh," where is everybody? He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just not all that busy tonight. I was like, okay. I said, "Yeah, how how are Packer games now? He's like, well, you know, it's hit and miss. Sometimes we got a lot of people. Other times we don't. I'm like, do you guys still do Packer parties? He's like, no. See, this is what infuriates me. You've got probably the best sports bar in the state, I think we would all agree that it's the best sports bar in the state as far as TVs, sight lines, all that other stuff. And you're going to just absolutely let it go to waste because you don't want to put in time and effort into making that thing as good as it can be. That drives me nuts. And it's run by the Bucs, so it's their fault. But I'm just saying like that—that that is frustrating because that should be the, the go-to place for every Packer game. Like There should be a waiting line to get into that place on football Sundays. They got the NFL Sunday ticket, or at least they used to. I'm assuming they still do go and watch football games and so forth, but whatever. Uh, we I digress. Well, let's move on. I saw this tweet um, uh, about Chris Middleton, and we're going to talk about Middleton here. Uh, Brian Scalabrini made some comments about Giannis on Sirius XM Radio uh, earlier today, Thursday morning. I want to get into that about his MVP seasons versus this year. Uh, and then at the end, we'll look ahead to Bucks Pacers New Year's Day and kind of preview that one uh, as well. But first, I want to start with this. Now, this guy on uh, Twitter, Square Sense, uh is uh his twitter account and he says uh, about middleton that uh middleton looks physically washed nathan marzian i'm going to ask you how do you would you evaluate chris middleton to this point of the season would you agree that middleton looks physically washed
0: nope i mean i i would say is he the same defensively as he was in his prime. No, but I think he is getting better as his season has gone on. Like I think earlier in the season it was much worse than it is now. Agreed. And he just looked, he's looking better physically. Now he's still not back to where he was. But and he may never get back to where he was. Yeah, but he's definitely not. You, you don't average, I mean, he's now averaging 20 in the month of December, 25 and 5, good efficiency. You don't do that if you're physically washed. Like that, you just can't do that. Um, he's getting to his spots, he's always good at you know, w- with the mid range and everything. And my thing is, even if Chris does lose a step, it's not really going to affect his offense too much. He's not a blow by you type of player. He's not an explosive player. He's not a, you know, um, like an explosive at the rim type of player. He's just, he gets to his spots in the mid range. He drains his mid range shots. He hits open threes. He can shoot over you. Like that's what he does. He doesn't need to be explosive. He never has been. So I, you know, okay. If he gets completely physically washed, yes, it will really hurt his defense, but as far as his offense, like I'm not worried about that aspect of his game. I kind of said the same thing last year. I was like, even if he is a little bit hurt, even if he isn't hit hundred percent, he's going to still be basically himself offensively because he doesn't need that explosiveness. That's not, it's not like Giannis where that's a huge part of his game. Um, It's, it's just not, he's more of a, he's more of that, you know, um, I don't want to say finesse cause he's not super finesse, but he's more of a finesse type of player. And so, you know, again, I'm glad that his his physical or his um, what was the word we were using?
1: Washed physically washed
0: Wh- physically washed. I'm glad I'm glad that he doesn't look physically washed totally on defense anymore as he did. That's coming up.
1: That's hold on one second. That's the next point here. On, yeah, go go ahead, uh, go ahead. Square sense. The next one is uh, he is food on defense.
0: He was. I still think he's a negative defender slightly. Yes. Like I'm not going to say he's a, he's a good defender right now. But again, I don't think it's the same level as it was earlier in the season where it just felt like guys any time they wanted would get by him. Now it's like, yeah, they'll still get by him, but there's times he can hold his own. There's times he can stay in front of them. So again, I, I, I'm glad that it's looking better. I'm glad that it's it's improving, and that's kind of what I wanted to see is like, okay, as he gets healthier and healthier and plays more and more minutes, <clears throat> is it going to look better is it going to get closer to average because if he's an average defender that's great because yes. you're going to get a 20 20 point per game score average defender that's that's completely fine so just don't be terrible again i think both of these things you could say were, were more true early on i still wouldn't say that early on he was washed physically or anything like that but i could understand it a little bit more cuz he was bad defensively you know worse than he is now and he wasn't playing the minutes yeah. So you could you could say maybe, you know, he's not he's just not physically there anymore. But after this last, you know, 10 game stretch, it's like those two things, I think, are definitely not nearly as true as they were before.
1: All right. Next one. And this is from the Square Sense uh tweet earlier uh, that I saw passing. He wasn't tweeting at me or anything like that, but I saw it. Saw it saw his I Mike saw this tweet too, by the way. Right, I, I saw it. I, rolled I, my, s- I
0: rolled my eyes. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw it. I was like, oh, this is a good topic for the podcast. Just like if I was doing a talk show, I would have stole this and did this uh, for a talk show segment. Uh, His next point, uh, Middleton turns the ball over anytime he gets over his skis, says Square Sense on Twitter. Uh, And Middleton has had an issue of not having the best handles in the world in his career. This isn't necessarily uh, anything new, per se. Uh, Willard also turns over the ball in maddening fashion on dumb throws and dumb passes too. maybe not bouncing it off of his knee like Middleton does or something like that. Uh, but does make uh turnovers that make me scratch my head sometimes as far as what he's looking at, uh, your thoughts on Middleton turning it over all the time.
0: With, I mean, and this isn't nearly as true for Dame, but it, it kind of goes for Dame too. When you bring that up, like neither of them, the, the amount of turnovers is not, nearly equal to the, you know, no, no, I'm saying like they're the number of turnovers they have seems it's much lower compared to what it seems because the ones they have are ugly. And, and again, Dame, Dame, not as much as Chris, like Dame will have some normal turnovers. Whereas Chris, it seems like he they're always ugly. They're always disgusting. Like what the heck are you doing? That looked terrible type (laughs) of moments. And it's, it's always been like this. This has been years and years, even in his prime. Even in his prime, Chris was always due for two moments a game where you're like, that guy looks like he's never played basketball before. And that's just how he's always been. Now, again, I don't care. It's the same with like like Giannis's free throws sometimes. Giannis could go 8 of 10 at the line, but those two misses are air balls. You're going to be like, wow, what the heck? You know, that right. ugly free throws. But it's like, okay, but he went 8 for 10. So, like, I'm not going to complain about the two misses being air balls. I am not going to complain if the two turnovers are super ugly as long as it's only about two. Guess how many turnovers he is averaging over the last 10 games, like 30 minutes a game. He's playing up to his normal minutes. He's averaging 2.4 turnovers per game. If if you ask someone how many turnovers you think they're averaging, he's averaging. You'd probably say like four, you know, you'd, you'd think, okay, he's, he turns it over a lot. He doesn't turn it over that often. He really doesn't. It's just that when he does, they're ugly. Dame for this season is averaging 2.8. And for how much he handles the ball, that's a really low number. Agreed. It. it when you're gonna notice them, they're gonna stick out when it happens. But again, the number of turnovers he has, and it's been like this for most of his career, where it's like his turnovers have never been a huge problem. In in when you look at the numbers of like, wow, he is turning over at such a high rate, but they're always a little bit ugly. They're always, you know, ones that stick out to you, and it makes you think. You know, he, his two turnovers feel like four, and and they're not four. It's not four, and that's what I try to kind of explain to people is. Okay, but like actually look at how many turnovers he ends up with and not just how ugly they were when they happened.
1: All right. Uh last one here, uh from Square Sense uh says his Supreme skill set allows him to still get buckets, says Square Sense, because people, when he was saying that Middleton were washed, was like, dude, how can he be scoring these many points if he's washed uh at this point physically and, and so forth? Uh, kind of moving forward here. I saw something on uh, Giannis and Kareem Abdul Jabbar the other day. Giannis has more points than Jabbar did, I want to say, before age 29 or something like that. Uh, and obviously, Jabbar, pre- previous to LeBron breaking that, you know, was the all time leading point skater. And somebody quote tweeted it and said that they don't see how Giannis can keep this pace up physically playing the way he does, different than, say, you know, Jabbar that was playing in the middle and, and wasn't having to attack and, and so forth all the time like Giannis. I, I'm going to ask you, you said earlier, Milton doesn't have to be physically great in order to score different than say Giannis. How long do you think Giannis can keep playing at the way he's playing physically?
0: Now the difference between them two is, you know, yes, Giannis needs that physical, he he needs that. Yes. But the difference is Giannis is a physical beast. Whereas Chris Milton has never been a physical beast. You know, they're different build type of players. So I, tr- I fully believe Giannis can keep this up for, several more years of being like elite, elite level. And then it'll slowly start to get closer to like, okay, he's still really good, but he's maybe now the fifth or seventh, seventh best player in the league rather than the first, you know? So I, I'm not worried about it with Giannis. Cause again, he's, you can sit there and say that this is what usually happens. Guys usually aren't able to, keep this going past their 30s. These guys usually aren't able to keep up this physic, but Giannis is different
1: than any player we've ever
0: seen. He's but not the difference
1: the same- is these other guys that slow down, <clears throat> excuse me, have a jumper to fall back on to go to, right? I mean, Kobe started working on that layer in his career. But Kobe, well, on, how he was gonna
0: but but Kobe is not Giannis down low. Kobe is not physically Giannis. Agreed. LeBron yes. is not physically Giannis. Like that's why I'm like, sure, you can look at those examples and say, oh well This guy and that guy, you know, they weren't able to continue to dominate down low or dominate um, getting to the paint. But it's like Giannis is different from Giannis is doing this at a level that, you know, we don't see. We've never seen before. Um, And so, you know, he's he's much more mobile than Shaq. So that's different as well, where like he's he's just built different differently than Shaq is. And, um, you know, I I believe he's just in much better shape, much better condition than obviously Shaq was, you know, Would the
1: comparison be KG? No, because KG
0: wasn't a ball handler like Giannis was. Like KG wasn't a downhill scorer like Giannis was. He was more of a post player, um, and I just I I I don't think, and I don't I, I also don't think KG was again as physically imposing as Giannis is. And he was a physically imposing player, but he wasn't right. Giannis. I think Giannis is a, a a type of player and a type of build that we have not really seen in the NBA, and so. I'm not, I don't think it's fair to look at past players and past, you know, again, history and saying, well, typically guys aren't able to keep this up. Giannis is not a typical player. So I'm going to wait and see, is there a chance that he he does, you know, lose it at 31 and, and or 30, and all of a sudden he's really starting to decline. Sure. I'm not going to rule that out, but I'm also not going to look at history to determine this because again, Giannis is a different player than we've seen in history. So there's a chance that he has a different career trajectory. It's like LeBron, like LeBron, everyone said, Oh, well, nobody's ever played this well at 33, 34. And all of a sudden he's now 37 or whatever the heck he is. And he's still doing this. He's still averaging 27 again. Cause he is a different animal. Like that is how I look, look at Giannis is saying that dude's different. So I'm going to wait and see. He kind of determines this. I'm not letting history determine this.
1: I would say five to eight years. He can play at this level somewhere in that area. Uh, Because, again, he's not, you know, Zion, who doesn't care necessarily about how big he is one way or the other. He is, you know, 1,000% in on physically keeping his body right and eating the right way and so forth. All right, coming up next, Brian Scalabrini said something today on Sirius XM Radio that got me thinking. We'll see what Nathan thinks of his comments coming up next here on Green and Growing. Download on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast app. Hey, Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Follow that guy there, Nathan Marzian, on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Download the Green and Growing podcast on your Odyssey app wherever you download your favorite podcast ad. You can also check us out on streaming uh, over there at YouTube, Odyssey Sports' YouTube page. That also is another one a good one, too. All right, so let, let's uh, talk a little bit about what was said earlier today on uh, XM Sirius Radio. Ryan Scalabrini this morning was on him and Frank Isola uh, do a show together. And Isola was pointing out that he feels, you know, having watched Giannis play that his passing is getting better and better as the years go on. And he was talking about, you know, seeing Giannis and how big and physically imposing he is and how fast he is and so forth. And Brian Scalabrini came back and said, in his opinion, he thinks Giannis is playing better this year and looks better this year than he did in his other multiple MVP years that he just looks smoother. He looks more under control. And he said, From time to time, yeah, he'll have a game where he maybe looks a little rigid, uh, maybe plays a little uh, out of control, but for the most part, he looks a lot more smooth uh, and kind of sure of himself of what he wants to do and and how he wants to attack teams more so than he even did uh, in those MVP years. So the question is, do you agree with Brian Scalabrini that Giannis looks better this season than he did during uh, his MVP years? That is a big, big statement because... Uh, Joel Embiid is the runaway right now for MVP. Nobody's really even talking about Giannis for MVP. So for Scalabrini, a former NBA player who does the Celtics TV broadcast, to say that he thinks Giannis looks better than he even did in, during the MVP years, that's a big, big statement for me when I heard it as a Bucs fan. And I'm very curious to see what Nathan Marzion thinks of it.
0: I do think it's true, and I think this I think it was honestly true for – 2021 and like 2022 as well. Like, I think he actually got better in those seasons, but you know, I mean, voter fatigue and Jokic had really good seasons, so he didn't end up winning MVP, but I think he got better in those seasons, especially when you look at getting better for the playoffs. Like he was amazing in the regular season and, you know, 2018 and 2019, the years he won MVP. He was awesome. He was dominant. He was dunking everything. He was great, but he was not, the player that was ready to win a championship yet because he didn't have the counter moves. He wasn't great out of double teams. You know, he he was fine. He wasn't, but he wasn't as good at passing out of double teams and handling double teams, which we saw once teams built a wall, it was, it really did kind of throw him off for the first couple of years. Um, Whereas now it's like, even when you build a wall, like that dude still just, he knows how to handle it. Now he's much better at, at handling it. So he became a much more like a, a much better playoff player, which is ultimately what, makes you a great player is i think your ability to like handle what's thrown at you in the playoffs. And i love that this year he's really once again started to kind of just say you know screw the the three point shot i'm going to just dominate down low for the most part. You know I, I don't mind him taking some mid-range shots i don't mind him taking three pointers every now and then but i want to ask you how many for like Giannis took a, a 3 for every blank shots he took in his first two MVP seasons. Like how many, how many shots do you think that was? He took one three for every how many attempts?
1: Oh man. Well, he's taking far more threes this year, which I'm a very, very happy person about because I'm sick of watching. Far, watch far fewer, you mean far fewer. Far fewer. Mean. Yeah. Far fewer. Yeah. He's only averaging like one a game or something like that now. I don't know. I wasn't he averaging probably like three or four a game back in those MVP seasons?
0: Yeah. And so it was, he was literally taking in those two seasons combined. He took one, three for every five total shots he was taking. And now that number, now that number is less than one out of 10, you know, he's at, he's at 8.9% three point rate. That was, he used to be at 20 in those two seasons and you know, he was closer to like 30% at that time, but still not a good three point shooter. So I love that he's kind of taken that out of his game a little bit. And I think Dame has allowed him to take that out of his game a little bit because Dame's got the ball on the perimeter more. Giannis can go more down low. Giannis now has more one-on-ones because guys can't help off of Dame, and so he's able to just dominate down low and not have to worry about, you know, okay, well, I got to do something on the perimeter. He's obviously not bringing the ball up as much, which leads to him not handling the ball on the perimeter as much and fewer threes, fewer perimeter shots. So I've been very happy with how he has played the game this year. Um, and as a result, I mean, his field goal percentage is by far the highest it's ever been. Um, you know, all these MVP seasons, he was 57.8, 55.3, 56.9, 55.3, 55.3. Those were his last five seasons. And the two MVP ones, he was 57.55. But those those last five seasons, he's been between 55 and 57% from the field. This year, he is at 60.6% because, again, he's focusing on the twos. He's focusing on the easy shots. he's much more efficient and the free throw percentage is starting to creep back up and that's another thing as well where you know in the the first MVP season he shot 73% from the line like that was awesome the second one he only shot 63 but he was still very very good and this season he's back up after being 64.5 last year he's back up to 67 now and it's kind of creeping up creeping up creeping up throughout the season i wouldn't be surprised if he ends the year pretty close to 70 so that's another thing and then um you know the lastly i think the thing that he developed in it was mainly 2021 22 after they won the title or like the, the i should say the end of the 21 season where they won the title and then the whole next season was his mid-range shot and that little like the in-between area you know and, and he was much better at finding counters and he was much better on the little hook shots he was really good when he wasn't able to get to the paint. He was still able to score. He was still able to, he had really good touch that season. And that was the thing that I thought took his game to another level. And we've seen it, you know, it really took a dive last year where he kind of lost that. And then this year it's gone back up. It's not quite at the level it was those seasons, but it's, it's back up to being like a pretty good level. So I think all those things combined and you know, the passing, I, I mean, again, passing out of double teams and all that stuff is much better. Just being able to handle what's thrown at him. So, when you combine everything, like I'm much more confident in him as a player and think that overall he's a better player than he was in those two MVP seasons. I think if you took current Giannis or again, you know, 20, 2021 Giannis, 2022 Giannis, if you took any of those players and put them on the 2018 or 2019 Bucks teams, I think they would have fared better. Like I think they probably get by Toronto if current Giannis is in that position instead of MVP Giannis. Because he was, he's now more ready to handle the defense Toronto threw at him. I think in the bubble he would have been better handling the defense Miami threw at him. So, when I look at all that, I'm like, yeah, he is a better player now. It's just because he didn't win the MVPs doesn't mean he was a worse player.
1: How much of this do you think has to do with coaching, with him taking less threes? Because remember, his his right hand assistant right now is Joe Prunty. Prunty was with Kid when they didn't want him taking threes. Prunty's back on this staff again. Adrian Griffin obviously is more of a defensive-minded player and so forth. I'm not really quite sure how much into the three-point shot he is anyhow. But Adrian Griffin coming in may have told Giannis in that initial meeting, like, dog, like you don't need to be taking these many threes, man, that you should be eating around the rim more consistently than you are instead of wasting shots. Outside the three point area, I tend to believe this has a lot more to do with coaching emphasizing to him that they don't want him taking all these threes. Bud wanted it, Bud wanted everybody shooting threes. I think that was a or that is a philosophical difference as far as how they're dealing with Giannis and how they want Giannis to attack on offense different than how Bud's regime did.
0: Yeah, it very well could be. And you know, the pre Bud era, he was 1.5 threes a game, the Bud era, he was 3.5, and now he's down to 1.7 again. So um, it, it definitely could be that. And I think, you know, I agree. Bud was more of just, okay, we're going to chuck threes. We're going to chuck threes. And I know they didn't, you know, it wasn't by design. They were trying to get Giannis threes because everyone knows he's not a great shooter, but again, having him be the guy that handles the ball all the time and, and being the primary, you know, point guard type of player and, and initiator. There were more times where Giannis was in a position to shoot a three because he had the ball at the top of the key because he had the ball past the three point line. Now it's more, okay, you're going to get the ball down low, And so there's really not even the opportunity to shoot a three. And again, that's good. That's a great thing to have Damon Lillard bringing the ball up, to have Chris bringing the ball up. And Giannis isn't needed to even really be handling the ball as much on the perimeter. He's more of, you know, again, get it in the post, get it near the free throw line. And you're, you know, he can, he's going to make his, his passes. He's going to make his decisions um, there instead of doing it all at the top of the key. So yeah, overall it could be coaching. It could be, you know, Dame, it could just be the, the style of play he's playing, but you know i think everyone's pretty happy that he's cutting down on the threes only taking 1.7 a game um so yeah it's it's a very good thing
1: C Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, uh, along with my guy Nathan Marzion. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Follow him at Nathan Marzion. Uh, and, of course, it's green and growing. Download on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast At You can also check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, too. Like, subscribe, follow, ring that bell for notifications, all that fun stuff. We'll take a quick time out, come back. Bucks Pacers, got back-to-back games. First one comes up on New Year's Day. We'll look ahead to that straight ahead here on Green and Growing. 8 sparky five or 1250 a.m the fan beautiful milwaukee wisconsin well really not it's been raining and crappy all day here on thursday uh leading up to new year's but either way i still say it uh, follow me on twitter at sparky radio he is nathan Marzian. follow him at nathan marzion Great and growing podcasts on your odyssey app Every download your favorite podcast at odyssey sports youtube page also a good place to find us uh the question now is Bucks pacers here we go again. What are you expecting to see on New Year's Day when the Bucks and Pacers play? The last time these two teams met, it got real chippy. Uh, Giannis goes storming into a locker room trying to find a basketball that the actual real basketball is already in the Bucks locker room, and that whole thing was a fiasco. Somebody uh, allegedly, according to Carlisle, elbowed the general manager of the Indiana Pacers. There was Giannis uh, knocking down Halliburton early in that game. Uh, as well, and then Giannis gets tossed to the floor, Bobby Portis comes running over in that game, trying to play Sheriff. There was a lot of chippiness and physical style play, and it didn't end well uh, after the game, too. Since then, the Pacers have not looked nearly as good, Uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks uh, have still continued to play fairly well, maybe outside of Christmas Day. Uh, Marzian, what are you expecting to see in the first of two, the first of which comes up on New Year's Day between the Bucks and Pacers?
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll be chippy, I'm sure. It'll be the same type of game where I think there's a little bit of bad blood between these teams. I think the Bucs got a little sick of the the cockiness from the from the Pacers and that playing tournament and all that. Um, and they were even doing it, you know, again, in, in that game, Giannis scored 64. Like, earlier in that game, Halliburton Burton and those guys were just kind of talking a lot, and I think the Bucs got sick of it. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a little bit chippy, but it's once again going to be, I'm sure, a huge Giannis game. And I'd have to imagine that the Pacers try even harder and, and and sell sell out even more to stop Giannis. like they were sending a bunch of guys at him but it doesn't do anything but it's like you'd have to think that they're like okay like make someone else beat you like i don't care if dame's getting open threes like we can't let Giannis put 60 on us again so i would think that Giannis will have you know like fewer than 50 points but i can't guarantee that i mean i just I would think that they're getting it'll be more a little bit more of Dame than we've seen against Indiana so far this season, um, and Chris and the other guys than than it has been. But still, like the Bucks obviously should be go to Giannis until they stop it. You know that should be the Bucs' game plan, and that's what it has been all three games so far against Indiana. Was like feed him until they prove they can do anything about it. In three games against Indiana this year. I mean, Giannis is averaging 51.7.
1: So That's crazy. Think about in, that.
0: In three games. You know, that's it's just nuts. So, um again, feed them until they stop it. And I don't expect them to stop it, but it, they'll be able to probably contain it a little bit more. I mean, I can't imagine they contain it any less than they did in the 64-point game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do expect the Bucks to look good in these two games. Can't guarantee they'll win both of them, but I think that they'll come out with an intensity. I think they'll be sharp um, and ready to play because they – they do have some bad blood with this team. I think they they have all that stuff. You know, the Halliburton doing the dame time thing, the the game ball stuff. That all is in the back of their mind. That all is stuff that they kind of carry with them, and you know they're gonna have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to once again kind of show this team, like, hey, you're not here yet. Like we are a championship team. You're not, and put them in their place a little bit.
1: I if I if I was Rick Carlisle coming into this game in the Indiana, Indiana Pacers, I'm I'm imploring my guys to elbow Giannis hard fouls on Giannis going to the rim, everything. Because I, what I want to do if I'm Carlisle is I want to get in these guys' heads as soon as possible and let them know we are going to be the aggressor today. You're going to have to play to us. And that's something that very rarely happens to the Milwaukee Bucks, where somebody comes out and physically kind of hunks them a little bit. Now, maybe we've seen it with the Heat and Spelstra a little bit, you know, back in the day where they came out and were the aggressor. Uh, style back in the Bud era uh, and kind of physically kind of pushed and, you know, moved around the Miami, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think here, if you're the Pacers, knowing, look, we're not going to stop Giannis. So the only chance you really have uh, is to come out and see if you can get Giannis's head, get him an early technical foul, see if you can kind of mess with him uh, to agitate him, to to get him to do something stupid, uh, to get himself uh, put on the bench or kicked out of the basketball game. Because outside of that, I agree with Nathan Marzian. Outside of getting in Giannis's head, I just don't know how you how they stop Giannis. So the best way to do it is get underneath the skin and see if you can get him teched up or kicked out of that game and get him to do something stupid. Because if that happens, then the Pacers have just as good a chance as anybody of beating this Milwaukee Bucks team on New Year's Day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that that is the way to kind of, you know, beat the Bucks a little bit, you know, at, at their own game is like, yeah, you got to be the aggressor. You've got to be the team that that hits a little bit first and doesn't let Giannis just kind of dictate the physicality of the game. You know, again, he, he's probably still going to get a bunch of free throws. He's he's averaging in those three games against Indiana, and I mean, it's is largely um, helped by the thirty-two that he took in the sixty-four point game. But he's averaging twenty-one a game free throws in those three games. So you have to imagine he's going to get fouled a lot. But you know, again, I mean, they're they're much happier with him going to the line than they are with him. Shooting shots and getting to the rim and getting easy buckets all all game long. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, like like how the foul trouble looks in this game. You know, I'm I'm assuming that there will be some guys on both ends that kind of get in foul trouble a little bit due to the physicality of the game. Yep. But it's like, I mean, again, and Malice Turner can't guard Giannis at all. He's shown that. But like, if you can get him in foul trouble, it's like all of a sudden there's one less guy to guard Giannis, and it just opens things up even more. Um, And the Pacers also have been really good in, you know, it was for sure in that first game. And I think the second game as well, they, they also have been really good at scoring in the paint um, all season and on us. So, you know, again, if Brooke gets in foul trouble or something like that could be very, very detrimental to us. You know, we know that the Pacers have a good offense, so um, giving them easier looks inside than they already would be getting is not ideal. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out, who gets in foul trouble first and all of that but I do expect a lot of points to be scored in the paint in this game from both teams. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's how, that's what we've seen so far through three games.
1: One last note of the way out bucks, hire another assistant coach uh, to add to their staff to replace Terry Stotts. It's a former Raptors assistant coach. I quote tweeted it when I think it was Sham Saranya or award Janowski, one of them tweeted it out uh, and said, go good. Yeah. He should hire somebody that he knows and somebody that he trusts. Like, if you learn anything from the Terry Stotts hire, it's make sure he hires people that he knows and trusts. Don't stick him with somebody that he doesn't know where it could blow up in your face, which is what happened with Terry Stotts. So, yes, I know this guy, they brought in one NBL titles in Australia or whatever. I don't care. Um, but at least, he, you know, he had his couple of seasons in the NBA under Nick Nurse, knows Adrian Griffin. Griffin claims he's a great guy and so forth and gets along with him. Uh the interesting nugget on this dude, when I was kind of looking him up and doing some research, when he started on Nurse's staff, he started as an offensive like coordinator type guy. And halfway through the first year, Nurse said, yeah, no, this isn't working. And then moved him over to defense um, and had him help uh, the defensive uh, side of the ball and took him off of the offensive side of the ball. So I'm still not quite sure what his role is or what he's going to be in charge of as far as is he going to be helping the offense uh and implementing some new stuff there is he going to be more on the defensive side uh or what exactly griffin is going to be asking him to do uh from game to game but we'll have to wait and see i'm assuming marzion you didn't care one way or the other about this hire
0: no i mean i don't know anything about him so um you know it, it's i'm i'm glad that they hired someone like that's cool but yeah i can't really i don't really have much of an opinion
1: he is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You'll see him out on Water Street coming up on hey, New Year's Eve. Yes,
0: I do have. I do have. You always get mad at me for not telling you this stuff. I'm going to the game in Cleveland tomorrow.
1: Oh, oh, road yeah. tripping.
0: You and the I'll boys,
1: same guys yeah. or what?
0: Yeah, me and two me and group? my two friends. So we'll be we'll be at the game in Cleveland. And Nobody's then I got to make it, a tie, right? I don't think so. And then I got to make it back on Saturday to the Marquette game at Marquette one. Game.
1: So, yeah. yeah. But Cleveland's not too bad. Cleveland's a lot of fun. Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Museum, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
0: I have not. We'll probably that's check that's awesome. It
1: out. Took me three hours to get through it. Uh, when I went. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Cleveland's a fun town. He has Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. See if you spot him in the crowd, Bucks and Cavs. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. I will not be anywhere close to Cleveland, Ohio. I promise you that much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Green and growing. Downloading your Odyssey app or we you download your favorite podcast and, of course, YouTube, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Follow, like, subscribe. Ring that bell for notifications. Enjoy uh, the rest of your day. Have a happy new year. We'll talk to you Monday after Bucks and Pacers. Have a good one. Toodles.